Welcome to another Distinct Nostalgia by MIM. Brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. Staying well, staying home. We've a treat for Bank Holiday Weekend now as we recall a sitcom icon. It's 30 years this year since One Foot in the Grave first appeared on our screens. The story of the ever-miserable Victor Meldrew and his long-suffering wife Margaret soon became a huge hit. And I don't believe it! A catchphrase suddenly being used by everyone. Created and written by David Renwick, Victor and Margaret were supported over the series by a rich mix of other characters. And with them throughout the whole ten years was Margaret's friend Mrs Warboys, played by Doreen Mantle. Twenty years after the last episode, Doreen has been reminiscing about the much-missed sitcom with Ashley. Your career goes back a long way. You've done a lot of things uh, over, over many, many years. But yeah. just just tell us a little bit about your your very early years because you you were born in South Africa, weren't you? I was, and I was brought up there. Uh, my parents went out there. Uh, I when I was I was born there, but they came back quickly, and then they they had to go out again. This is the time of the depression because I'm ninety four too, and uh, and I came back here. Oh, when I was already married, we used to come to, to live here. So, so when did you first start getting into the the acting side of things? Then? Well, I I started acting really, you know, a little girl. I had a list, and my mother sent me to to voice lessons, to elocution lessons, as she said, and uh, to have it cured. But it bit then. By then, no, they put me onto the stage, and I was. Oh, yes, that's where I felt at home. And she took me away from it, and I didn't do it again, except when I, I went to university, I joined the Dramatic Society, you know, as one does. And that's how I started. What can you remember being the first thing you did on stage? Oh, the first thing I, I can remember doing was a play called Tiptoes, where I was a naughty rosebud. You don't want to know all this. <laughs> but no, it's interesting because it's interesting to see where you, you know, where you came from, where the inspiration came from. You yes, know. yes. Uh, the, the, you know, I just felt at home on the stage because I was a very quiet child, apparently. But uh, God, you get me onto stage, and I, I felt, you know, this is where I belong. F- fabulous. So, so at university, what did what did you um, uh, what oh, did you I do at university? Social studies. I, I became a social worker. Oh right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. And, uh, I, I was very lucky because in those days, the BBC used to send out people out to the SABC, the South African Broadcasting Corporation, for a time to, I suppose, to, to give them a touch of classics and proper, proper drama and so on. And they sent out people like um, Ian Messeter, the man who who devised uh, just a minute, and he used me. Uh, I did a lot of radio, radio because in those days you couldn't earn a living by just by acting. So people used to have a day job and then do the all that at night. Everything was done in the evening. So you so you cut you cut your teeth in radio then, did you? Yes, yes, and of course at the university I did a lot of plays. 
as well. And, of course, they were all amateur plays when I was there. And then I went into, uh, somehow, I was picked up by Basil Dean, a very famous man he was here, to to uh, do my first professional theatre, which was a play called Hassan. But, uh, and, and, and I, I, I went, went on. on. But then I went into legal aid and, and, you know, it was just a hobby, acting. But when I came here, my husband came first and he said, uh, uh, as I arrived, he said, I think you'll have to get a job because I'm earning tuppence. And I said, no trouble, no trouble. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you do when you're very young. Uh, so, uh, I'll, um, that I think I'm, I'm tired of exams. So I'll, I think I'll, uh, I, I'll, I'll become an actor. And that's, and I wrote, I wrote immediately the day after I arrived to, I, I, I phoned the Arts Council and I asked them for the names of some rep companies that were near London. And they gave me four and I wrote all four and one of them, Colchester, replied. So I went up to Colchester. The reps were very important back then, weren't they, for getting oh, people yes. into the into the industry? Yes. I'm talking of, of 1954. There, there was, was no commercial, commercial uh, television. There was, you know, it was um, very little uh, television altogether. And what, what was on was live. You know, we, we walked onto a set... And if you wanted a prop, a hand used to come out underneath <laughs> to give you the ashtray or whatever it was that could be seen. So you could put out your cigarette or whatever it was you wanted to get rid of. <laughs> in, in rep then, did you, did you do some really interesting things over the years? I was only a year in, in rep because we had no proper home at that stage. And I, I had to come back to London to find you know, to get us a, a, a proper flat and so on. And then, of course, I had children, so that was the end of my career. And I didn't work for about, oh, 10, 11 years. So I, I went, <laughs> went to classes and learned languages, you know, <laughs> as mothers do. So you came to TV and film quite late in life then, did you really? Yes. Yeah, I, I was already in my thirties. Yes, but but in a way, that's a good thing, isn't it? Because you've got the experience of life behind you as well. I hope so. Yes, and that enables you to bring different things to different characters. So, what was your first? What was your first sort of TV or film sort of role? TV. I can remember my first film. <laughs> it was a film called Privilege, and it was made by a man. <sighs> I know this was the director. Oh, Peter Watkins. That's right. That's yeah. the name. That's it. Yes, yes. And what was Privilege about then? It was about a young man who who uh, who was very attractive and, and you know just and he he developed a sort of um, a love for people and and wanted to help them and found he was heavenly in all sides by his fame. And you played Miss Crawford. 
Yes, I was. <laughs> I was the, a lady. Um, I was a designer. Designed the clothes for them. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> bringing bringing the memory bringing the memories back. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I remember I had to come back from Portugal to do the the film. And you were you were in that with a, an actor called Arthur Pentlow, who ended up being uh, in Emmerdale Farm. He was oh, he played really? Henry, Henry Wilkes. He played yeah, uh, yeah. That was how I started. Uh, really, you were you were in that great nineteen uh, seventies period drama. Weren't you was it the Duchess of Duke Street? You were in that, weren't you? Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Who, yes. Who, who, do you remember what well, you played? We had wonderful food. She was a great cook. She became a great cook, the Duchess. That that was a fabulous series, though, wasn't it? Fabulous oh, it series. it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So we had this wonderful food that we'd never ate. The crew ate it. <laughs> and one day I was going to give her tea, and the man who made the food was a food historian. He said to me, I'll hide the cake so that nobody can get to it. So you can have your own cake when you get home tonight. And he literally hid the cake from the crew. Fabulous. <laughs> 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 what can you can you remember what you did in that in that um, show? What, what were you? What was your yes, role I, in that? I was a housekeeper. Ah. Yes, I don't know whose housekeeper I was. Well, there was, there, there was some really good actors in that, wasn't there? Some really oh, good. The, the yes. cast were brilliant. Um, Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. I mean, I, I, they showed it recently again, actually. And it's a, it's 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 definitely stood the test of time. It still it still stands up. You know, it's very very entertaining. Very entertaining. Yeah. You played. Because I've never had a, a lesson in my life. Really, really. Yes. And I've just watched other actors. I've just looked it up. You played Mrs. Catchpole, and you were Lord Henry's housekeeper. There you go. And you also, other people in it, other notable people in it were June Brown was in it from EastEnders and she played Mrs. Violet Layton. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, (laughs) So, some interesting people. Martin Shaw was in it and uh, all sorts of interesting people. Gemma Jones, of course, was Louisa Trotter, of course. Fabulous, fabulous actor. Of course, there was lots of period dramas at that time, wasn't there? I mean, it was. They were, and 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 I mean, the BBC were very generous. They made my, they made my boots for me. You know that sort of thing. So over the years, you did lots and lots and lots of different things, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, you're in you're in some of the you know I mean in more recent times I know you're in you play you're in Coronation Street but we'll we'll come to that. Oh yes. I didn't find that acting was enough in those days. I went back into the theatre because one of my neighbours, who was a great friend, well, he opened uh, BBC Two with his three plays, and he he discovered Judy Dench. Ken, Ken Taylor. Ken saw that somebody was doing experimental theatre work. He read a little bit in the, in the Observer and said, why don't you go along and ask him if you can join his group? And this was a maverick, because he put me back on the stage. Oh, was American. American, yes. And I, I went up to Edinburgh to do t- two plays, and that's how I started. But it, it, was, it was slow. 
And I thought, oh, this isn't getting me nowhere, so I'll do something else. And I became a London guide, tourist guide. I did the exams and did that. But most actors, that's the life they lead, isn't it? A mixture of all sorts of things in order to, right, yes. to keep going, you know. Yes, and then I came, uh, then I was about, uh, they got me onto teaching when I took all my exams. I didn't do a lot of actual guiding. But I was in the middle of doing a special course on the, on the city of London, and uh, my agent phoned and said, there's somebody wants to do a play. It's, a, it's a, in a pub. Uh, I think you 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 might like to do it. Would you? And I said, Oh yes. And in came this uh, actor, Liverpudlian, called Jeremy Young, whom I still know very well. And uh, he cast me for a play by William Trevor. He he was an Irish writer, a short story writer, the best short story writer in the English language wonderful writer and this was a play in, that we did it in a pub called the king's head in islington you know london i know the king's head i know the king's head yeah, yeah. 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 in those days it was <laughs> it was a real pub <laughs> and, and the three of us there were three of us in the play <laughs> we used to <laughs> we used to light the fire every night in the dressing room, which used to be the gents' lavatory at one stage, and and it flooded every every time it rained, and this is the place where we we did William Trevor's first play, and I I I didn't think it was the part a part for me, but uh, I did it, and on the first performance, the set fell on me. The first performance of all. Oh, God. The set collapsed on me. And it was designed and built by a, a young man who was also the, the, the uh, stage, stage manager, the lighting man, the sound man, and everything. And his name was Alan Rickman. Oh, really? Really? Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last thing he did as a designer before he became an actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the, all of that um, sort of misfortune must have prepared you very well for the for the plot lines in One Foot in the Grave, I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> what, so tell, yes. tell us about One Foot in the Grave. Where did that come from? How did you get the part? You know, I, when, when I saw your, what you were going to ask me, um, I phoned uh, David Renwick and I said, how did you cast me? Because I can't remember. And he said, I don't think I can remember either. He said, <laughs> he said I think I have, there was a casting director called Debbie Howard and she put your name in front of me. Because by that time I'd had a great success uh, with William's plays and with other plays in the theatre. So you were, you were finally being recognised then? Oh, very much so. I mean, uh, Harold Hobson, and, you know, they, they went crackersly. It was a beautiful play. And then I did two more plays uh, by William. I did six altogether. I've done six plays by William Trevor on television too. David said to me the other day, he said, I think 
she put your name in front of us, and, and we thought it was a good idea. And you came. I think. I think I saw you. I can't remember meeting him. And uh, I said, "That's it. You're right." We had no idea what, what it was about, really. I mean, I, mean, I didn't. didn't. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we we just went into it as a, and gradually it. After the third episode, I think, something like that. The BBC didn't pay a lot of attention to it. They thought, you know, I don't know. Uh, David uh, Redwick was already a name. He'd He'd done done a lot of work already. But what what tends to happen with a lot of comedies is is they don't start particularly well straight away, do they? It takes a while to get warmed up, doesn't it? Well, ours was good. I think it was good from the right from the beginning. I was guillotined. Victor Meldrew guillotined me in the first episode. A dangerous thing to be in. <laughs> um, and, and by the third episode, uh, they woke up to the fact that the audiences were liking it. And uh, everybody seemed to like it. And, of course, they had Richard. So nervous on the first studio performance. Because none of us knew uh, how to act in front of a camera and an audience at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Because you, you, you forget that, yeah, they're all done it. You, you do them all in front of a studio audience, don't you? It's quite amazing, yeah. really. Yes, um, yes. Do you, do, you hear, do you get, you know, the theme tune? Does that get played at the beginning as well and all that kind That's of thing? That's right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you, you have a warm-up band beforehand and you greet the audience. You come out and you say hello to the audience. And Richard used to give a little talk sometimes uh, to the audience before we started. And then we went on to do a lot of filming as well. So it was filmed as well as played in front of a studio audience. Did you know know Richard and Annette beforehand? We'll be back after a quick break. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your, in your little, you mean? Yeah, yeah. We all, we all artists over here, man. I'm Y'all trying, already? Oh, yeah. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. yeah. Damn, me, me. We all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We going to have this, like... Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit right now. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I gotta lie, don't play with it. Don't play with it. No. Take that shit. Mm, I know, I I had met Annette, but I'd never met Richard. Oh, I like him. and of course right at the very beginning there was there was a a reasonably there wasn't obviously there was there was you there was richard there was annette but there was also angus dayton and janine wasn't there as well no janine wasn't there at the beginning oh was she not okay oh no no owen was there well well, owen had a mother yes (laughs) that was never seen the mother the the mother that was never seen (laughs) in, in 
yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you, you say you didn't you didn't know what it was about at the beginning, but I presumably you you very quickly realised what what it was about. Yes, yes. You know, uh, we we were never put in a class, which I thought was was a great idea. You know, not to. Put a, you couldn't say we were middle class or lower middle class or upper middle class or anything. We were just people, you know. And I liked that enormously. Oh, that was great. Now, now, Mrs. Mrs. Warboys is yeah. is obviously a, a pain in the backside for Victor. Really, Victor Victor doesn't really he doesn't really rate Mrs. Warboys. He, he finds her a bit of a nightmare, doesn't he? Well, um, Approach playing Mrs. Warboys then? I mean, because obviously you had to jump right into this at the beginning. What you know? Did, did she evolve over time or, or what? Yes, I think so. I realised at the beginning that I, I, I would that I really wanted to please everybody, and I was absolutely tactless. I had no idea, guileless, you might say. Uh, and uh, but I, I really. I didn't see it, and I want meant well. I put my foot in it. I, I, you know, I created situations, and I, I, I was terribly sorry when I got into trouble or they got into trouble because of me. Uh, but I didn't mean to be <laughs> unkind in any way, so I liked her. I really liked her. Yeah, she yeah. was she she was a, she was a she was a great character. Do you think she was completely oblivious then, as a as a character to to the fact that Victor was annoyed by her? Yeah, yes, for the most part she was. Yes, it's interesting. One of my favourite episodes is the one where you're all stuck in the car all afternoon. I think that was fantastic. Yeah, that was one of my unfavourite. Oh, was it? Tell us why. Tell well, us well, why. Only because it took so long to do. It was a very difficult thing to do. Uh, we did it outside, uh, the, your note said Luton, I, I thought it was Bedford, because we stayed in Bedford. Um, and this was a, a test road place for, for, for vehicles. Uh, all the roads, uh, you could test a car and a, and a truck on. And it, the trouble was, we were in a dip. And so... Every morning, it was the wrong sort of time. There was, it was, <laughs> it was like smog sometimes in the morning. You couldn't see, so they could start filming early. We couldn't start working early. The other thing was that the traffic coming the other way. You know it. You see, there was traffic coming the other way on the on the motorway, suppose motorway, uh, all the time, and they had to coordinate that traffic with what we were doing in case they and they didn't want us they didn't want anybody to see that uh, 
there was the same cars coming by, by each time. So they had to alternate them and, and space them out and so on. And this took an awful long time while we were seated uh, in front of a horse, horse box. The backsides of or two horses were in front of us. We didn't move. <laughs> so, so in a way, in a way, the frustration was real. <laughs> yeah, for me it was. I wasn't very well during that time either, really. You spent the entire time sat in the back eating, That's eating, right. I just eating got in the middle of the, the episode. Yes, eating. Yeah. You're eating mints, I think, or something, if I remember rightly. <laughs> well, yeah, well, he, yes, he sent me out to get crisps. He said something about salt and vinegar. You know, uh, he wanted salt. And, uh, I, I, I came back with the wrong crisps, of course. Saying, "Yeah, well, uh, well, they only had salt and vinegar, and I didn't want those." <laughs> he wanted those. Those were the ones he wanted. And it, so and it, right from the beginning, I worry. <laughs> and doesn't and doesn't that what that episode culminate with um, them playing a cassette, which has been um, the yes, local, yes. yeah, the local uh, yes. garage has, has done a that's song right, about him, yes, haven't they? Yeah, yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I did talk rubbish in that. I mean, I always talk rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Miss Jones, may I call you Clementina? Firstly, may I say how nice it was to meet you in the park yesterday. Distinct Comedy presents Letters from one Border Terrier pup to another. Apparently, socks that cannot accommodate toes because they have large holes where said toes should be fail to fulfil any real purpose. Based on true events seen through canine eyes. I now know that I'm definitely afraid of both heights and... Not surprisingly, of big ladies. Dear Clementina, new episodes every Thursday. Search for Distinct Comedy wherever you get your podcasts. Sincerely yours, Stanley Burke. Woof! This is Distinct Nostalgia by MIM, the home of a regular quiz testing your TV and film knowledge. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Star Trek, so can you ask me some questions on that, please? I absolutely loved Pip Play. Was that presented by Susan Strength? I'd like to have some questions about Coronation Street in the 90s. How would you like to be crowned Distinct Nostalgia Mind of the Month and win a Distinct Nostalgia mug in the process? If you think you could answer random questions on both a chosen subject and if you get to the final TV and film general knowledge, then drop us a message now on the contact page of the Distinct Nostalgia website, distinctnostalgia.com. Distinct comedy, fresh and original. Hello, officer, I want to report a robbery. A new series about the secret world of nocturnal security. Yeah, I ordered a Chinese from the Golden Moon and they forgot to send me a can of Coke. A distinct comedy presentation. Well, yeah, I consider it an emergency. I'm gasping here. That idiot on the day shift stolen the last of my flicking tea bags. Barry Pigeon protects. Well, I'm telling you, if you lot don't sort this out, it's going to be like big trouble in Little China down here. Follow the exploits of Barry Pigeon, the best night security guard in Chorley, as he discusses everything from his wife... She was too big for Zumba, so she signed up for Bumba. It's like Zumba, only they just sit on their ass and flap their arms around a bit. ...to his favourite food. I love eggs, bloody love them. Poached, scrambled, fried, <laughs> scotched. 
cream. I love them all! From Andrew Birtwell and Kurt Brooks, starring Roe David McClelland, and guest starring Royston Mayo and Bruce Jackson. Columbo meets Sherlock, that's me. Barry Pigeon protects. I know what people think about this job, but it's not all sitting on your ass, drinking brews and watching Challenge TV. Uh, I sometimes bring a book as well. Watch now at distinctnostalgia.com. The other thing about Mrs. Warboys is she was always forgetful, wasn't she? She, had, she was quite forgetful as a character, wasn't she? But David gave her the most marvellous talents. I mean, we went out for a day, uh, for a day's outing, and at one stage we got caught on water, on water, and we started playing Trivial Pursuits. She had an inordinate amount of general knowledge. She knew everything. Every answer she knew <laughs> she had. You know, so she, she had, had that. Uh, in one episode, we played chess. And I was an, a champion chess player. I just walked past the table and moved a piece and said, let's, let's check. <laughs> and, and that would annoy Victor, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, indeed. These, these talents she had <laughs> out of the, for nothing. Yeah, there, there, there were some absolutely fabulous um, episodes. What about the waxwork episode? Do you remember that one? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, that, that was a very frightening uh, experience I had putting, uh, getting uh, a waxwork made of my face. Uh, because... I, I don't know whether you know when they make it. I didn't know. It's they they let what it is. It looks like a wax they put on, but it hardens like a china, uh, like a piece of china. And you have to make uh, holes so that you can breathe. Uh, and they used to. They had to put in straws up your nose so you can breathe, because they close the mouth as well. And they were a little bit late with it, and I couldn't breathe at all, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, awful, isn't it? Awful. Yeah, they, they quickly screwed off. But and I didn't like her, really, my, my wax work, because she was bigger than me. And they hadn't used my own hands. They used somebody else's hands. Their hands hadn't turned out well. In the, in the actual programme, nobody liked it either, did they? No. I won a prize that's why I got the waxwork made of me according to the story what happened to it? I think it was put into what is that? Madame Two Swords yeah Madame Two Swords so you've not been back to visit yourself then? no no I don't know if she exists I mean my, my son who lives in Manchester I might tell you he he tried to buy her. He thought it, it would be nice if, if oh, really? she was always there standing in the window waiting for him to come home. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they said the wig was too expensive. I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to afford it. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. You did a lot of episodes, actually, because a lot of comedies these days, they only last for like six episodes, but One Foot in the Grave went on for a long time, didn't it? It did. Uh, and it... it, cha- it Stop because David said he didn't want to run it into the ground, you know. 
I can understand that. I can understand that. Yeah. I think the beauty of One Foot in the Grave is that, like all good comedies, there is light and shade, isn't there? And there are yeah. there are there are, there are serious serious elements to One Foot in the Grave. There are times when you get a bit upset in a way because you feel quite sorry for Victor about certain things or about or, oh, or you know yes. you know yes, indeed because Victor wasn't a cruel man you know he just had a short temper. And, and some of those, some of those scenarios, I know some of them were were extreme, but some of those scenarios are the kind of things that do happen to people on a regular basis, you know. Yes, yes. And, and uh, I got divorced during the Mrs. Warboy got divorced because she thought her husband was having an affair. I don't know if you remember that. Episode. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, and uh, and so she she put her. Um, a private detective on to 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 uh, to, uh, to, to, to to shadow him, and uh, they fell in love. He and the private detective. So I was I was divorced. I'm very sad. Uh, yeah, no, it, it is it is sad, and of course um, you you weren't in, you weren't in this particular episode because it was just. Uh, Victor and um, it was basically ju- just uh, Richard and Annette, which was the one where they're in a, I think it was like a marriage guidance place or something. They just sat there for hours and hours and hours waiting at the solicitors or whatever it is to see the solicitor about, yes. I can't remember exactly what it was now, but again, it was quite deep, you know what I mean? Yes, you know. yes, indeed, yes, yes. Margaret went into, a, mm, Margaret had a crisis, yes, also. With Victor, you would have a crisis, wouldn't you? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've just I've mentioned some of the mo- some of the moments that I remember. Are there any yeah. particular episodes that you remember that very fondly? Oh, uh, I, a lot of them. There are moments that I, you know I remember more than than it. I love doing one foot in the Algarve. Yes, the whole of the that I, I enjoyed enormously. I mean, I loved the location for one thing, and uh, I thought <laughs> he put me through some things in that, and also Victor, <laughs> poor Victor. Uh, but uh, I loved doing that. Um, and what about the one where they they came back to find out that the whole house had gone? Oh yes, we were hysterical in that. Wasn't it Mrs. Warboys that had to uh, made the announcement and told them that? I think it was. Wasn't yeah, it? I, yes, I did. You know, after they had the, what was it? They had not a tsunami, but a, a flood and uh, an explosion and all sorts of things happened to the house. And we had to do it in the middle of the night, all that. The great thing about the way you did, you played her was she she would deliver these, these catastrophic announcements with such yes. sort of, just quite in a sort of fairly mundane, ordinary way, you know. It wasn't yes. you, you didn't go you didn't go in shouting. You you went you went in saying it very gently, didn't you? <laughs> yes, mind you, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I I never played comedy, you know. I never saw myself as a as being able to do comedy, uh, and it hit me quite, you know. I didn't know that I could do it. I don't know how it's done. I just watched other actors. Yeah, but the thing about um, sitcom and situation comedy and that kind of, is that you, you, you know, I suppose to an extent, we as an audience need to feel 
that the characters are real, and, and therefore you don't have to play it up as comedy. Do you? you play you play it as as it yeah, would be, exactly. don't you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I tell you what. One of the episodes I enjoyed was where Victor thought he was. You see, he wanted to help me. He knew I was having toothache, and he thought his cleaner. Uh, was uh, he thought he saw her going into a dentist, and so he he took me to the so-called dentist, and <laughs> what he and I took with me uh, a drawing or a, a photograph of my teeth, and actually what he taken me into was a tattoo parlor. <laughs> You didn't see that, did you? I do remember um, it. I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, I I relaxed, and and I showed her <laughs> my teeth, the pictures of my teeth, and I woke up to find she tattooed my arm with my teeth, all my teeth, teeth on them. <laughs> I loved that episode. It was beautiful. <laughs> brilliant, 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 yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there were some fantastic episodes. Again, one of my favourites is the one where uh, Victor, well, he's always, he's always having problems with people ringing up and, and, and these weird messages on phones and things like that. But then there's one where he falls asleep and he, he doesn't he pick up the, um, isn't there a puppy? He picks up the puppy. Yeah. And, puppy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another episode where, where Victor, of course, went high. He, he didn't know that that we had a stack, and we didn't know either, that we had a stack of, of marijuana in the, in the uh, garage, which Ray Winston was after, who came to fetch it. Uh, it was his stack of, 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 of marijuana, but he'd gone high. He, he'd, Victor was very high on a little scooter thing that he was, he, was, he was destroying the house where he was supposed to be a gardener. You remember that? Yes, yes. And I I went with Ray Winston. Uh, I I thought I was taking him to to Richard. And he got so bored with me talking all the time and driving and so on that he wrapped me in a a rug and rolled me down a road. That's right. I remember now. Yeah, I remember. Where were, and at the bottom there were children who were drawing. <laughs> they were drawing and uh, they were just painting. And this is what they painted. <laughs> is it one of the episodes you go to the dry cleaners or something and come back with a gorilla suit or something? Oh, that is David's favourite. Is it? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean the, the wonderful conversation we have. It, it, you know, there it is, lying on the, on the couch, and, and he, he says, what, what do you think this is wrong to me? And I say, well, I don't know what your, your suit looks like. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it, was, it was so mad that she would even consider that it was the right thing, you know. Oh. I know, absolutely, absolutely. Wasn't there another episode? Wasn't Mrs. Warboys in that other episode whereby they keep mistaking the, the different houses and she's she's holding a party or something in one of the wrong houses? Do you remember that one? Was yes. it housewarming or something? I don't, yes, that's right. But, uh, but, but that was Mrs. War, Mrs. Warboys was, was running it, wasn't she? She was doing the yes. entertaining, I think, or something, I remember right? Yes. 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 Yes.
it weren't put in the uh, in the Algarve. There was a place time when uh, uh, we went into a bar. Do you remember that? And we, we sat, sat down, down to have a drink, and then somebody came up and said something in Portuguese. And I thought he he wanted to. I don't know what he. I thought. But I went upstairs with him, and I came running back, and I said he wanted to do something beginning oh, with H. Yes, yes. We <laughs> so upset. <laughs> I do and remember the other that. Thing was they they threw me into a, a truck of vegetables late at night and Lagos. I'd had that sort of drunken thing. Uh, I, we went out to dinner, there was just the three of us, and it was there. And I got rather drunk, <laughs> and I fell asleep in the car. And that's when I went missing, because my shoes fell on the rocks. And these two young men who were driving past thought that I had had, had, had an accident, because the car was already bashed in, Victor's car. And so they carried me off in a... I was asleep, but they carried me off in, a, in the truck. <laughs> do you remember that? I do, yeah, I do. There's so many There's so many fantastic memories and brilliant... I mean, it was just a fantastic series. There were 40, 44 episodes of One Foot in the Grave altogether. Really? Yeah, 44, 44 episodes. Yeah. I was only in... in and was never more than... Three in six. Well, they had so many different other characters to fit in, I suppose, didn't they, in different ones? Yes, but but your, yes. yours were the most memorable ones, though, I'm sure. Oh, no. <laughs> what was the... Um, I mean, obviously, you were working with some great people as well. I mean, oh, you know, yes. but both, 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 the, both Annette and Richard are fabulous actors. Did you have much interaction at all with Angus and Janine's characters? I didn't, know. no. No, I don't think I... They tended I to keep them separate, didn't they? Yes, they yeah. did, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was constantly having an argument with him next door, wasn't he? And Of course, yes, no, no, another one right. of the memorable ones is where Victor is buried in the garden. That's another another good one, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Janine's very good, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, she, well, she's, she's done so yes. many things, hasn't she, over the years? So yes, many things. Yes. You know, yes. go, going back to Abigail's party and all yes. sorts of things. Yes. Um, so what was the reaction? What I mean, this was a major thing. You were suddenly, I presume, you suddenly went from being relatively unknown to being a household name, didn't you? Yeah, I'd had, I was, I was doing well in the theatre before that. I'd won my award by then, well, first award, my, my Olivier for, for, at the National. So, I, you know, I, I was sort of, I've never been a star or anything like that. But yes, I, I, I was. People remember me for that rather than for my theatre work. And, and during that period that One Foot in the Grave was on, did you, you know, did you find that you were recognised in the street quite a bit? Yes, I suppose so. Yes. They sometimes think they don't know where they know, you know, you... I've had people come up. I remember a woman came up to me and said, hello. And I said, hello. I was in the foyer of a theatre. She said, 
you belong to our you belong to our bridge club, don't you? And I said, no, I don't think so. Yes, you do. You know, <laughs> they mistake me sometimes. They think I belong to the church, their church, or the bridge club, or something like that. But, but you can imagine you can imagine Mrs. Warboys being part about the bridge club, can't you? Really? Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you in any? I remember a few episodes, several episodes actually, where they they were always talking about was it Ronnie and Margaret coming round? They they were always hiding away from Ronnie and Margaret, who were going to play loads of their latest videos or latest footage of the holiday or whatever it was. Do you, do you remember those ones? They always no, mentioned Ronnie and Margaret well. were relatives, I think, that they didn't want, never wanted to see, and they were always oh. hiding from them, basically. Oh, yeah. um, which is which is which is quite which is. Oh, quite I good. tell you, one of my favourite moments, and and really, I did collapse in that. I couldn't help because Richard made me laugh always. Um, <laughs> uh, he, uh, when I brought them home <laughs> from a, one of the the. Uh, holidays or something like that I told them that one of our neighbours had died and there was a little dog that needed a home and I thought that Richard would enjoy having a dog a Victor rather and he he was very against it you know he didn't want the dog he didn't want the dog but of course being Victor he always gives in and he got very excited about having a dog eventually and bought, you know, he, of course, he overbought uh, all, tins and tins and tins of dog food. And do you remember this? I do, yeah, I do. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And he, he had all this uh, dog food. And, uh, and I came in to bring the dog uh, in a basket. Now, I had never seen the dog before myself. I had no idea. I knew what it was, but I didn't. I hadn't seen it, and so I took it. As I took it out, he was standing there with a with a tin for dog food and and a tin with it, and out came this little stuffed dog on three legs, because one leg was up in the air. A little little terrier dog, stuffed dog, and he said, "What's this?" And I said, "It's Nippy." He doesn't look very nippy to me, he said. But I couldn't help it. And I couldn't stand the dog up on the basket. <laughs> and the audience was laughing and I was laughing and Richard was standing there. I was wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never seen this thing that I was carrying in. Fabulous, I never fabulous. told him the dog was dead, too. <laughs> Well, of course, she wouldn't. She'd forget that. Of course, of course, of course. So, well, yes. doing doing it in front of a studio audience was it was that quite an inspiration sometimes? Because the studio audience would help you along, I presume, on yes, certain things. They would. Yeah, they would. Of course, I, uh, on the warm up man as well. If he did a good job, and Richard used to warm him up as well, it was very good. Now. One Foot in the Grave was copied, wasn't it? It was there was German versions, Swedish versions, Dutch yeah. versions, all over the American world. American version, but uh, David got very upset with the Americans because they sweetened it all. You know, it's got some very harsh things in it. If you can remember, there was a, a tortoise that was incinerated. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Well, in the American version, they didn't incinerate him. 
came alive again. What was the American version of Mrs. Warboys like? I don't know. David came back to England. He just wasn't interested. I don't know how many episodes they did there. Did you ever see the uh, the German or Swedish versions of Mrs. No. Warboys? No. Because <laughs> no. sometimes they just dub it, don't they? They dub them, but I gather they actually made them separately, didn't they, in those countries? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. interesting. So, what, so looking back at it, I mean, it was a, it was a fabulous, fabulous comedy. It, it's yeah. one of those things that, you know, I, that and... I've got several. Rising Damp, One Foot in the Grave, Are You Being Served, Open All Hours. They're the kind of comedies that I can watch over and over and over again, yeah. and they always make me laugh, and I think they stand the test of time massively. What do you think was the success of One Foot in the Grave? What's the secret of it? The writing. It is marvellous writing. It has a rhythm to it, of course, his writing, and that makes him, uh, David, very particular about how he wants it done. He wants to have it word perfect. You don't play around with his script. And you I don't blame him. I mean, you know, he puts a lot of work into it. And I think the other thing about it is that the, the, the language did matter, didn't it? A lot of programmes are made today and it's about the, the action and what's happening, you know, that kind of thing. But this was all about the language, wasn't it, really? Yes, yes. I mean, obviously there were visual things around Victor and what he was up to, but... But at the end of the day, it was the words that uh, that, that came in. That's and of course, right. his, his famous catchphrase, of course, I don't believe it, which I know yeah. he gets asked to do all the time, that came about by accident, didn't it, really? Yes, I think so. I think so, yes. Well, Richard, he's been, oh, he's been followed by for that phrase everywhere. We were doing a, a, a sign-in, you know, that we used to sit and sign photos that people had bought. Uh, it was a big thing. that Richard and I were sitting at adjoining tables signing, and the woman come in, came in, and she said, Who are you? And he said, I'm, I'm Richard. Oh, who are you? I've never heard of you, she said. <laughs> and then she, her husband said, Don't you know, you know? I don't, they won't believe it. Oh, she said, I don't believe it. <laughs> he played such an iconic character, didn't he? And it, yeah. fo it follows, yeah. you, ar it follows yeah. you around. I mean, I remember him, there was a series in the, late, in the early 1980s called Only When I Laugh, which was about three men in a, in a hos in hospital. And it was with Christopher Strawley, Peter Bowles. Oh, yes, I remember And, and uh, James Bolam. And, and um, Richard played the um, Mr. Thorpe, who was the doctor. Brilliant in that, a fantastic part. I think it was one of the best parts he's he's done over the years. And I also remember him being a judge, not a judge. Uh, uh, he was a barrister a lot in Crown Court back in the day. Mm. Mm. And um, you know, so he's done some fantastic parts. But of course, everything is surpassed by Victor, isn't it? Really, and he's a very good director, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I gather so. Yeah, yes, I gather yes. so. I gather so. You know, so yeah, he's a multi-talented man. Yeah, just, just, yeah. a sli just a slight aside, I mentioned Crown Court there. Were you ever in Crown Court? Yes, I was. Ah. Uh, yes, I, I think I played a, 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 a woman who, a drunken wife of, of a doctor or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Because a lot of a lot of people cut their teeth on Crown Court, didn't they? It was a big. Yes. It was one of those, and of course, it was done here in Manchester at Granada, and they had a real jury as well, didn't they? That's right. Yeah. Yes. yes. Amazing program. I, mean, I was only a little yes. boy at the time, but it, it taught me a lot about um, about 
court cases and things. You know what I mean? It's quite, it's quite good. It's quite good. Yeah. Um, quite an entertaining programme. Just going back a bit now, your previous life as a um, you know in so doing social work and all that kind of thing. Did 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 you draw any any of that in your acting? Do you think? I well, I I, I suppose it's 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 formed me. You know, I was very young when I started. I met I met Mandela when I was a student, and I I lived in a very unhappy country, and I was working with a was very downtrodden and and tortured people um well i'm trying i suppose what i'm trying to say is that it gave you an, a, a, a hinterland as it were you know what i mean to deal with the, yes. you know different characters yes. and things like that which is great um yeah. so yeah. so so you did did one for the one for in the grave sadly it came to an end and i know why it came to an end because because De- david had got to a point where he wanted i suppose he wanted to finish it you know in a in a good State on oh, the high, So when it came to an end, I mean, you, you knew it was going to come to an end. How did I mean? How did that sort of? I mean, were you were you sorry at that point, or did you feel as though it was time? I was, of course, I was sorry to lose her, to lose Mrs. Warboys. I, <laughs> you know, I had become very, very fond of playing her, uh, and I was, I was sorry to, you know, to. That it was coming to an end, yes, naturally. But I was doing other work, so I don't think it hit me very hard. I wasn't in the last episode of all. So after after that, you you ended up a few years later having a part in um, a, quite a bizarre role in a way, or bizarre storyline. Let's put it that way. In in Coronation Street, didn't you? Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. Is, was that, was that was that the first time you'd been in Coronation Street? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What, what I did enjoyed you... it. I yeah. enjoyed being there. Yeah. I'd worked with Sue Nichols before, and and they uh, they made me very welcome. It was lovely. Well, of course... And I knew it was going to be a short, uh, short uh, uh, interview, but that didn't matter. I liked it. Of course, uh, Sue Nichols um, goes back as far as she was in the early days of Crossroads, wasn't she? She did Crossroads yeah. many moons ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we met doing an Akebourne uh, together, and we went through the actor's nightmare together. Oh, really? Uh, yes. <laughs> we were caught on a night driving out to Windsor when the, the snow fell and in London, and it, the, it was a terrific snowstorm. And we started very early, and we reached Hammersmith outside the police station, which was very convenient. Uh, we we brought coffee and tea, uh, coffee and uh, and sandwiches with us, and we took it turns to go into the police station because we were absolutely stationary for hours. And I said to them, "Please, would you send us, you know, give us a uh, some help and and uh, guide us through, so we can get onto the road. We've got to work." And he said, "Madam." You know, they could steal the crown jewels tonight. We wouldn't be able to move. And there we were stuck there. And the the theatre was owned by a man called John Council, who very cleverly gave the entire audience, it was full, it was full house, gave the entire audience drinks and the rest of the cast who had arrived, most of them had just arrived, they came onto the stage and, and told stories. 
Uh, I was so nervous, I almost went into the river, the Thames. Grief, grief. Like I said, it was terrible. You enjoyed your little stint in, in Corrie then, did you? Yes, I worked with nice people, you know, uh, Graham, Graham. He, he was the one who murdered people by mistake. He yes. by mistake. John Snape, uh, that was it. Yes, and he was played right. by Graham Hawley. Hawley, Hawley, yes. That's right, that's yes. right. Yeah. And Fizz, the girl who played Fizz, I liked her enormously. She was the other one. She, yeah, that's... She was married uh, to him. Yeah, Fizz uh, was is played by Jenny McAlpine, isn't she? That's right. That's right. Love her. And yeah. she she's still she's still in it. So looking back on One Foot in the Grave, or, or just generally on on comedy back then, we had these big comedies like One Foot in the Grave, Keeping Up Appearances, all these big you know comedies that were doing really well. We don't seem to have as many anymore. Do, no. Have you got? A, do you think there's a reason for that? Perhaps the television audiences have changed in in the. In taste, they don't want that sort of thing anymore. You know, the younger... I don't know what young people like. I wonder, I wonder if it is that we take ourselves more seriously now than we ever used to, that we, we don't laugh at ourselves as much as we used to. Do, do, yes, do, I think you're right. Do, do you know what I mean? There's sort of, there's sort of people... I think, I think the great thing about David's comedy and his writing and, and obviously uh, Roy Clark and all the others is that it, it was all about observation, wasn't it? It was observational mm. comedy, really, mm. at the end of the day. And, and even, though, even though some of the scenarios in One Foot in the Grave were surreal, mm. there was an element of reality in them, wasn't there? Yes, yes. You know, so... Yes. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure everyone knows a Mrs. Warboy is somewhere along the lines. I'm sure there's yes. plenty of them out there. <laughs> David's not uh, lost his touch. I mean, after he finished that, he did something called Love Soup. Yeah, Love yeah. Soup. that's right. Yeah, with um, a lovely actress, uh, Tamsin Grieg. Tamsin Grieg, yes. And he gave me the funniest scene I've ever done in my life. You know, we, we, she she was a girl who was on her own. She doesn't meet another fellow uh, who's an American, and they just meet you know you saw their parallel lives and she was alone on the Saturday night feeling very miserable and the doorbell rang and there were these two very ordinary people standing there saying uh, may we come in we were uh, so and so's father and mother we are the parents of well, let's call him John he's died and she, of course she's she's very solicitous and she could hardly remember the palette. She said, and I say to her, well, he, you know, he loved you. He really loved you. And he's, he, he really, you're the only person he cared for in his life. And uh, we, we brought you these uh, cassettes, which I don't know call them the cassettes. When you made love together, he filmed you both. <laughs> she says, "I, you know, I, I don't think I, I need them. Thank you very much. I, I, I thank you all the same for bringing them." And I say, "It's all right. I made copies." Fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Um, 
Listen, uh, Doreen, it's been absolutely wonderful to speak to Mrs. Warboys. <laughs> do you think? Uh, do you think you? Um... You know, playing her for so long, did, did, do you think any of her traits uh, sort of uh, washed off on you? Oh, I, I don't know what I would like to have inherited from, from Mrs. Warbush. I suppose the, the niceness of her, the fact that she really was very kind, you know. She wanted to help. She, wanted, she didn't do wrong, but she wanted to help. Yeah, I think yeah. Dor- I think Doreen Mantle and Mrs. Warboys are, are similar in, in in that sense, definitely. <laughs> Listen, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you. I really enjoyed it, and thank you. Take I've care. Enjoyed it. Fantastic. Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM. And you can hear lots more programmes via the Distinct Nostalgia player. There's Hartley Hair and a Pipkins reunion. So, Hartley, nice yes, to hello, meet you. Can I, can, I, can I shake you can your shake paw? shake my hand, yes. Is it a paw or well, a it's hand? it's a paw, really. Paw. I call it a hand. <laughs> I remember you going to the dentist. Oh, yes, I went to the dentist once. And you weren't very one. happy about it, no, were you? No, I wasn't you? very happy about it. I hated it. Corrie and Carry On star Amanda Barry remembers being a children's TV presenter in the 70s. Because it was live, they were always either overrunning or underrunning, so there were mad people waving at you. Mm. I remember one day we were really underrunning. So I hopped on the wall and walked along it. Oh, I got in such trouble. They said, you are teaching children to walk on walls. We're back in Hartley to meet the original female inspectors from Juliet Bravo. So when you come to do any filming, you've got this skirt on and this jacket. And the coat was cold. The hat, the first hat we wore, wasn't reinforced. It wasn't a helmet. And I had a handbag. No pockets. There wasn't a single pocket in my jacket. I mean, talk about ill-equipped. <laughs> and there's even an appearance from Gonzo in our great Muppets reunion. Dr. Gutnick works on me. I've had my nose lifted. I've had, you know, everything fixed. Everything's been lifted. <laughs> These programmes and many more are all available now at distinctnostalgia.com. Get in touch via the Contact Us page on the website. Bye for now. Distinct Nostalgia is brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. We've lots of activities for you to do at home at liferooms.org. Staying well, staying home.